Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowley Man. On ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show. It has been dubbed the Pittsburgh Radio's Next Big Thing. It's where your mom listens, and you should, too. 412-919-1316 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina is back in the studio. Check him out on Twitter, at FBomber73. And please, tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Someone called Anonymous on ESPNPGH.com wrote a really glowing feature piece about me and the show and I think you should check it out. Maybe you don't like me. Maybe it's the first time you've heard the show. I don't really usually like to brag. But go on ESPNPGH.com, click it, and maybe you'll find out why I tick the way that I do. The Ravens probably want to find out why in the world Earl Thomas ticks the way he does. He's not on the team anymore. And gosh, isn't that such a bummer? He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, a multiple-time All-Pro, one of the best free safeties in football, about to turn 30, and he's no longer a Baltimore Raven any longer. Hey, the Ravens also lost Marshall Yonda. And this just in, breaking news, Lamar Jackson's missed the last two practices with a groin injury deemed soft tissue by Jim Harbaugh. Maybe he should take something for the soft tissue groin problem. Anyway, the Ravens aren't going to win this division. I'm there now, baby. I'm back. Got yourself a hot take to start this week. I said a couple of weeks ago I was warming to the idea that the Steelers could win the division. Last week I was warming up a little bit more because, my God, the praise of Ben Roethlisberger's right elbow is effusive. Well, now... I feel pretty confident in telling you that I think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North, and I've actually put money on it. Fox Bet, make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I said Steelers, AFC North, the odds are pretty long, but I think the chances are pretty good. The Ravens, despite their problems now in their secondary, they still had the best offense in football last year. They added in J.K. Dobbins a productive collegiate back that I think will thrive in their offense. They added Devin Duvernay, who's a deep down-the-field threat, kind of a guy that can be utilized all over creatively. Hollywood Brown is expected to take a big step this year. But I think the Steelers are going to be really good. And I think it's very hard to win 14 games in a season two years in a row. In fact, only three times over the 20 years of Patriots' dominance have they won 14 or more games. You just don't do it in this league. Teams are far too close. You know, the Steelers got blown out by the Ravens in Week 17 last year, but you go to halftime in that game, it's a close game. The Steelers led by a point with five minutes to go before the second half kicked in. The Steelers should have beat the Ravens at Heinz Field last year, and the Ravens... We're 14-2. The Steelers were 8-8, eight and eight, and they were playing with you, me, and Shirtless Tom at quarterback. This league is so tight together. The 
worst teams in football are going to rise up and beat you every now and again. The Saints lost to the friggin' Falcons last year, guys. So it's hard to win 14 games in a season two years in a row. It's hard to do it to begin with. So I expect the Ravens, prior to this Earl Thomas news, to be more of a 12-win team. I think the Steelers are an 11, a 10 kind of team. And now you take Earl Thomas away. The Ravens' best attribute, apart from Lamar Jackson, is that their secondary has been touted by many around the league as the best in football. Well, what happens when you take that free safety away? I know what happens when you add a free safety. The Steelers last year, the first two games of the season, were not good defensively against the New England Patriots or the Seattle Seahawks. And as we found out as the season wore on, that New England Patriots offense was pedestrian at best. Tom Brady was average. Tom Brady's quarterback rating was below 90. He's an average quarterback last year, and he shredded the Steelers' defense for 33 points. Now, Russell Wilson in Seattle, very good offense. They had their way largely with the Steelers' defense. Enter Minka Fitzpatrick. The Steelers wind up giving up 18.9 points per game. That's what happens when you add an impact safety. A guy who basically is your goalie back there, your last line of defense. So what happens when you take that away? Earl Thomas not being there is going to make a difference, and it's probably going to make a big difference. People who picked the Ravens to win this division but have said, well, they might take a little bit of a step back. Doesn't mean they're not a better team, but they're probably not going to win 14 games. What's it mean now? If you thought they were a 12-win team, what's it mean when you lose that guy? Is he good for a win? I say Minka was probably good for three for the Steelers last year. How many wins is Earl Thomas good for? How important to that back end was he? I think this is a big, big blow. The Ravens also lost Marshall Yonda. He's their best interior offensive lineman. Now they're just sort of so-so there. I was talking with Matt Williamson, former scout, about that today on Steelers Nation Radio. Without Yonda, the interior of that line is, to use the word again, pedestrian. The Steelers on defense, to me, don't have a glaring weakness apart from depth. And more teams than not in the NFL have depth problems. There's this thing called the salary cap. On offense, I think the Steelers have a bevy of skill position talent players that are going to go off this year. And they've got an offensive line that, while it's getting longer in the tooth, should still be pretty gosh darn good. I bet on the Steelers to win the AFC North, and I feel pretty good about that today with Earl Thomas getting shipped out, with Marshall Yonda not being there anymore, and with Lamar Jackson, who's a running quarterback, having some problems with that groin area. That tends to linger. If I'm John Harbaugh, I don't let that quarterback practice the rest of camp. I feel good about the Steelers' chances to win the AFC North. If they don't make the playoffs, I'm going to crush Mike Tomlin. You don't hear me do that very often. In fact, I think I am card-carrying member number one of the Mike Tomlin fan club. But this town, they tend to rip on Tomlin. Steelers haven't won the Super Bowl since 2008. They haven't gone since 2010. It's really hard to go to the Super Bowl. But they haven't in 10 years, and they haven't won in 12, and most Steelers fans say this is unacceptable, and they blame Mike Tomlin. The Steelers, for a while, when they had A.B. and Lev Bell, were looked at as the best roster in football, or at least one of them. 
And then the Steelers just got to one AFC Championship game. They got blown out by the Patriots. The last 10 years, really the last 8, whenever they started to get back to the playoffs, I think are looked at by most people as a major failure. I don't look at things that way. In 2014, the Steelers beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bengals then last two weeks of this season. They returned to the playoffs for the first time since 2011. But Le'Veon Bell went down in the last game of the year. Remember, Vontez perfect. He's all happy and stuff. And the Steelers lose to the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs. Well, duh. No Le'Veon. No playoff win. Ben was sacked five times through two picks. Why? They didn't have a running game. Ben Tate and something called Josh Harris were toting the rock. If the Steelers were touted for being that talented, well, missing some of that talent is obviously a big deal. No. In 2015, the Steelers didn't have A.B. They didn't have Lev Bell. They didn't have D'Angelo Williams. And they lost the eventual Super Bowl champs on the road because Fitz Toussaint, the third-string running back, fumbled. The fact that they should have won that game is a testament to Mike Tomlin's coaching ability in my mind. They didn't. Next year, Martavis Bryant suspended. Lev Bell's hurt. Steelers lose to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I'm sorry, folks. The injuries aren't excuses. They're reasons. I don't care that the Penguins lost to the Lightning in the 2011 playoffs. Why? Because Crosby and Malkin were hurt. I'm not going to hold Mark Letestu to the same standard. The ghost of Alexei Kovalev. Not AK-27 at the time. He was wearing number 72. Uh, they lose that series to Dwayne Rolison. Who cares? The Steelers haven't made the playoffs in the last two years. 2018 was unacceptable to me. But last year, they were 8-5. and five, And again, that's a testament to the job Mike Tomlin did. I am a believer in MT. I think his teams have dealt with some really bad luck. Last year, they didn't have Ben or Tuit. But that all changes this year if they don't make the playoffs. If I think this team's good enough to win the division, and they don't make the playoffs, my belief in Mike Tomlin will waver. I am a big, huge Mike Tomlin defender. Check my blogs at ESPNPGH.com. Pull up the podcasts. I defend that guy more than anybody in this town because I understand how hard it is to win championships, and I understand how hard it is to go to championships. The guy's never had a losing season, including last year. His team never quits on him. Can you imagine hearing the same voice for 12 years, 13 years, Mike Tomlin's been the head coach? If you're one of the players who's been around the entire time, there's only a couple, don't you feel like eventually the standard is the standard stuff would fall on deaf ears? Mike Tomlin gets you to buy in every single season. So I'm a Mike Tomlin believer. But if they miss the playoffs... I don't think I'm a believer anymore. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback returning. All the reports are his elbows never looked better. His accuracy, according to Mark Caboli, who's going to join us at 520, has never looked better. You got a top five defense. You have two bona fide defensive player of the year candidates, maybe three, in Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Stefan Tuitt. If this team misses the playoffs, I'm sorry, MT. I might be calling for someone else to be the guy. It's a colossal failure. There are seven playoff teams now that make it in each conference. The Steelers have been in the hunt. That means not eliminated until week 17, all but one of Mike Tomlin's years as head coach. So they've only been out of it, playing a week 17 game once. I remember Plexico Burris caught a touchdown. I was very upset. I wanted the Steelers to get a better draft pick. 
the Steelers would have actually made the playoffs the last two years if the new format were in place. Apart from the Chiefs and the Ravens, who else in the AFC terrifies you? Like, where else would you say you go in to a playoff game in their house and you're like, ooh, the Steelers can't win there? I, I don't know. The Chiefs and Patty Mahomes, I mean, you better be ready even with your defense because the 49ers had a really good defense last year to put up 40 if you want to beat those guys. The Ravens, they're a complete team. You know, I'm starting to sour on them just a tiny little bit right now. But who is going to be good apart from those two? Because you know they'll be good. In the AFC, is it Buffalo? Fair, fine, okay. But does Josh Allen scare you? He's like a worse version of Cam Newton when Cam Newton wasn't at his best. That guy doesn't scare you. He can't hit a deep pass to save his life. The Colts have the ghost of Phillip Rivers pulling the trigger. The Jets, the Dolphins aren't any good. Houston traded their best player in the offseason. Who scares you? Nobody. No team. The Browns, they've got talent, but their coach met the players for the first time like last week, so kind of writing them off a little bit. That's the third time I've made a fart noise during this opening segment. We're going for the record today's show, folks. I don't get worried at all about those teams. Steelers can beat any of those teams. Steelers are favored, by the way. According to Fox Bet, make the call, download the app today. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In 10 games now this year, they're a home dog to the Baltimore Ravens. It's on Thanksgiving. I'd make the Steelers the favorite there. In my opinion, they should be favorites in 11 games. The Steelers are good. The Bills have a good roster, but their quarterback stinks. There's seven playoff teams now this year. The Ravens, I think, are going to take a little bit of a step back this season. Tell me what's not to like about this team why the Steelers shouldn't make the playoffs. And that's exactly why, if they don't, Mike Tomlin, buddy, for as much as I love you, I think I'll have to break up with you. I think I'll have to look at the pictures longingly at night, right? Fondly remember the olden days. You can hit me in the nostalgic feels. But if this team doesn't make the playoffs, unless the quarterback's arm falls off again, the coach won't have anywhere to run. And I'll have to say goodbye. But I expect them to make it. So we won't have to do that. Josh Yowie talked to GMJR. That's... GM Jim Rutherford about the goalie situation it got me worried we've just assumed that they're going to trade Matt Murray I'm kind of afraid they're going to trade the wrong guy that's next it's the Crowley show on ESPN Pittsburgh welcome back sports fans get Fox bet $1,000 sign up bonus a $500 risk free bet plus $500 free on your next deposit Pennsylvania and New Jersey only in partnership with Mount Air 21 and over terms and conditions apply gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER yeah. Mike, here's all the reasons I love you, but if you fail, <laughs> uh, well, you're done. I mean, that only lasts so long, you know? I mean, I mean, you missed the playoffs for three straight years. This is Pittsburgh. It ain't Cleveland, buddy. We ain't going to do it. This is a back and forth. We give, you give. Everybody gives. Yeah. Stop giving. Why ain't you giving? Yeah. I want you to give. I give. I give all my bleeps. <laughs> I want you to give something. I give it all. I lay it out on the studio every damn game. 110% yeah. out there, man. Yeah, I I sit I do halftime hard, dude. You never what see are we ours. About? You know, uh, I forgot. Wait, you said hard. 
Check out ESPN Pittsburgh's new and improved signal in Allegheny County on 106.3 FM. The same great programming with Tunch and Wolf, The Godfather, and Adam Crowley, but with a bigger, better signal in Allegheny County. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM. And now on the new and improved 106.3. This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh <laughs> and the iHeartRadio app. A white guy scored a lot of points in a basketball game <laughs> yesterday. No, shut up. <laughs> With the he did. Shut up. No, seriously. <laughs> Next you're going to tell me you had a triple-double and a game-winning shot, too. Brian, on a bum ankle. See, now you're just now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> As president of all the bitch ass white boys, <laughs> I would like to tell you <laughs> that I claim Luka Doncic as my own. He is my kin, and I will be rooting for him moving forward. As the vice president of punk ass white bitches, I second that motion <laughs> and I would like to uh, move that forward. We'll get more into all of that in cancel culture and double standards and blah, 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 in about 16 minutes. But first, Josh Joey in The Athletic today wrote about goalies, and he talked to Jim Rutherford about goalies. And Jim Rutherford said there's a lot of trade interest in his goalies. I'm not convinced the Penguins are going to trade the right goalie, guys. I'm very worried about this. We've seen Tristan Jari be good for exactly one year. But Tristan Jari was a second-round pick. He's a high-pedigree guy. He's a good practice player. His fundamentals are largely good. He's more athletic than Matt Murray. He was an all-star this year, something that Matt Murray's never done before. He's also younger, and he's cheaper than Murray. I'm afraid they're going to trade him. I'm afraid Matt Murray, the inconsistent, off-injured goalie who's a little bit older and going to be paid maybe $5 million more a season, is going to be the guy that they keep. And to me, it's just unfathomable. But here's why I think that it could go down that way, with the Penguins trading Tristan Jari and keeping Matt Murray. GMJR has done some stupid stuff. Because GMJR gets fixated on ideas, and GMJR gets fixated on people, on players that he develops a crush for, right? I kind of feel like Matt Murray's that guy. Do you remember how before the playoffs I said that Mike Sullivan's guy isn't Matt Murray? Yeah, I was wrong about that. I'm just going to throw my hands up there. I'm, I'm wrong about that. My bad, my B. Crown man, me scoozy. Him playing Matt Murray. The first three games that playoff series to me, and especially after game one, it kind of showed you that the Penguins and Mike Sullivan in particular look at Matt Murray as their guy. He's a Matt Murray dude. Well, you wonder, Jim Rutherford feels the same way. Josh Owey talked to Rutherford during camp, right back before the Penguins wound up going to the Toronto bubble, and Jim Rutherford was talking about the great practice that Matt Murray had just had. You know, after he gave up seven goals in an intra-squad scrimmage. 
I'm worried that there's a little bit of a man crush for Matt Murray because according to everyone, Matt's a good guy. Matt's been through hardships. He lost his father unexpectedly. Matt Murray is often injured. Oh, yeah, by the way, he also helped you win two championships. You develop a fondness for people that you have success with. That's why I love Brian and Tom. Best radio show in Pittsburgh. Love them, boys. I am worried that there is more loyalty than need be for Matt Murray. And therefore, he's not going to get moved. They're just going to pay him. Mike Sullivan thinks that Matt Murray is the most mentally tough goalie in the sport. This was from an anonymous player in the Josh Yowie, Rob Rossi piece from a couple of weeks back after the Penguins were kicked out of the playoffs by the Habs. Uh Uh-oh. Jim Rutherford's also done this before. Do you remember after they won the Stanley Cup in 2017, back-to-back years, they were really tough in 17. They defended hard. But both teams were built around speed. The ability to score goals. Quickness. And Jim Rutherford, because we saw Tom Wilson running around like a chucklehead, said, I got to go out and get someone who's stronger, tougher, more physical than Tom Wilson. We got bullied by the Jackets. We got bullied by them. And we can't get bullied anymore. Well, you bullied them on the scoreboard. You beat the Jackets in five. You beat the Capitals in their own barn as they peed down their leg. Now you got to go out and get Ryan Reeves. Are we freaking serious? He got Ryan Reeves. He became fixated on an idea. He fell in love with an archetype of a player that they thought they needed. They needed their own Ryan Wilson in. Well, Ryan Reeves wound up playing six minutes and 45 seconds a game for the Pittsburgh Penguins before Mike Sullivan made it clear he was never going to play that guy. GMJR, despite all the evidence to the contrary from 16 and 17, did the thing he fixated on. Need a big, strong, tough guy. He reacquired Matt Cullen. Matt Cullen went to Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to go be with my family. Love my family. Love up where it's never summer. It's basically Canada. Going to Minnesota. That's fine. Okay? Then walk off to the sunset. No, he gets brought back a second time. Jim Rutherford gets him in the first place because he won a championship with him in Carolina, and he developed a man crush. Well, he brings him back again. Why? Well, I got a man crush on this dude. Got to have the leadership. Got to have dad, right? That's what they called him, dad. He wasn't any good the next time around. And in fact, he blocked Teddy Bluger. Yes, he could win face-offs. Yes, he's a smart guy, like a quote-unquote coach on the ice. Teddy Bluger, let the young guy play. They talk about young legs, let them play. They didn't. They got Matt Cullen back. Jack Johnson was a bad move at the time. It's been a bad move ever since. But it was because we need a defenseman who has this sort of skill set. He's strong. He'll move you out of the front of the net. He's the guy we need. An archetype, right? We've talked about this with Jesse Marshall. Not exactly the player, but the type of player. Gotta get a Jack Johnson. He develops crushes. He's overly loyal. I'm a little bit nervous that he's not going to trade Matt Murray, but he's instead going to trade Tristan Jari. And it's obvious to me which goalie has to be moved. The older, the more expensive player, that's Matt Murray. He wants to get paid between 6 and $8 million next year and beyond. You can't pay that man that money. That's too much for an inconsistent player. And I am very thankful for what Matt Murray did to the Penguins in the past. Guy won two championships. 
Uh, maybe one day in my study downstairs whenever I'm doing Zoom calls in our next pandemic, Pandemic 6, in the background you'll see a Matt Murray jersey boxed and framed and signed. God bless you. Won two championships, but an 899 save percentage is going to get 6 to $8 million. How about no? That's four fart noises, by the way. Tristan Jari, really good. His only playoff start this year. Was an all-star. He's younger. He's cheaper by maybe two and a half to five million dollars. It was clear to all of us who should have been playing against the Habs, right? It was Jari. It just wasn't clear to the organization, and that worries me. The Penguins need to move forward with Jari. He's a stud. I know that. You know that. Do they know that? I think so, but their recent run of moves and who was playing against the Habs leaves me apprehensive to find out. I'll believe they're trading the right player when they trade the right player. Which team fits? Josh Yoey wrote about this today in The Athletic. Yoey's going to join us at 6 o'clock in about an hour and a half. The Wild makes sense. Bad goalie Sitch and Billy G's the GM. And you want to talk about man crushes. Oh, Jim, I love you. Oh, Billy, I love you. They made trades before. Two of them, in fact. One got nixed by Phil Kessel. Maybe something happens there. The Flames? Did you see how they lost in the playoffs? I mean, come on. What are you doing? The only team to ever go up three goals and lose by four in a playoff game. You don't think goalie's an issue? Yeah, me do. How about the Sabres? They always need a goalie since Hashik, although I guess Ryan Miller. Never mind, I lied. But they need one now. The Canes, they need a goalie. What's their problem? They outpossess you. They got speed to burn. They got one of the best young players in hockey in Sebastian Ajo. They got a great defense court. Got to get yourselves a goalie. And the Oilers, they need help everywhere apart from Dreisaitl and McDavid. How about Matt Murray? Wow. Going from Crosby and Malkin to those two. Jim Rutherford told Josh Owey in this piece, quote, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm having serious talks or seeing exactly how much I can get, but I will say I'm getting close to that point to understanding just what people are willing to give. So we'll see. I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but I can already see that there is going to be a lot of interest, end quote. Do you think the interest is in Jari or Murray, though? I'm sure teams are calling about both. But... Maybe if you're the Penguins and a team's infatuated with Jari, they're going to come forth with a better offer than they would have given for Matt Murray. He's cheaper. They see all the things that I've seen, right? Cheaper, younger, all-star, pedigree, athletic. And they say, you know, we'll blow your socks off with an offer. Well, does that make Jim Rutherford go, okay, we'll move Jari because the return's better, and that helps out the Crosby-Malkin era more. It expands our window. Maybe. I hope not, because those players come in, Matt Murray's been far too inconsistent, and now you've got a flat salary cap this year of $81.5 million that apparently the Penguins don't want to get to anyhow, and you've got to pay this guy between 6 and 8 I think not. If that guy comes back next year, and he's making that money, and he's got a save percentage of 900 I don't care the other pieces that you brought in for Tristan Jari, you're a worse-off hockey club. Move Murray, see what you can get for him. You've got salary cap savings then that you got to be happy with. And you just simply move on. And you thank him for his service. And I do expect you would get something in return. Because teams value the championship winning players.
Guys like Patrick Hornquist, I think, wind up being in high demand. We saw Ron Hainsey get signed by the Maple Leafs. Why? Dude's a winner. I find it to be stupid, but dude's a winner. Maybe someone will blow their socks off for Matt Murray. All I know is that Jim Rutherford needs to trade, not Tristan Jari, but the dude who's been wearing 30 for the Penguins for the last five years. Love you, Muzz. You're going to be in my den one day. Get your jersey signed. But right now it's time to move on with the younger goalie. It's also time to move on to less fun conversation. Mike Milbury got canceled. That part's kind of funny. Right? <laughs> but there's there's nuance here. Guys, there is. And people are missing it. I won't because I was dubbed today by ESPNPGH.com the best up-and-coming radio host in Pittsburgh. I know. Best kept secret. Yeah, it was the best kept secret, I believe. You got to get your designation right, man. It's the best kept secret. Yes, you are the best, but no one knows apparently. So, I'm I'm psyched because I'm in on the secret. I get to listen every day. It's so frustrating <laughs> because this anonymous person who wrote this story. I mean, I've read it a handful of times, and you would think I'd be able to remember that designation. Yes. This show is the best kept secret in Pittsburgh radio. There yeah, I don't go. remember giving anyone a quote, but hey, I'm, I might have. You never know. You catch me late night somewhere, I might have thrown all kinds of quotes. Who knows? That's just the ingestion of marijuana, I think. <laughs> you probably gave the quotes. I'm just sure you don't remember them. Duh. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was probably the alcohol. We've got Mike Milbury being canceled and why it's funny. Cancel culture. <laughs> And also not the same as something else. Next, it's the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. It's okay to do some things halfway, but not when it comes to managing your prescriptions. That's why CVS has a tool designed to look for ways that may help lower your prescription costs. Visit CVS today. Savings vary. Not all patients eligible for savings. Ask pharmacist for details. I'm going to keep you a secret. I'm not telling anybody about you. I've always found that that winds <laughs> up with someone getting terribly, terribly hurt. You know, we'll just fool around one time under the tree. It's a secret. And then, you know, it's terrible when my buddy Wait a minute. How out, did me what? keeping you secret as a radio host get us, like, kissing under a tree? How the hell did that happen? Oh, my buddy Dan, I mean. You and Dan kissed like under me. a tree? No, we're lost in translation here. We should probably just, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You go get some coffee, and we won't talk the rest of the break. That's when you good. come back again, I'm asking you about the tree. You can pee all you want, but I'm going to ask you about that tree. I mean, I don't care. I just want to know. Eighth grade was rough. This is where Steelers Nation plants its flag. Your home of the Steelers. We're excited about getting the job done, obviously. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM, 1047 HD2, the iHeartRadio app. And now on the new and improved signal in Allegheny County, 106.3 FM. It's Northbrook, Illinois. The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Should I go lower? Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I will repeat this again for emphasis. As president of the bitch-ass white boys, I would like to say that we've all forgiven the guy whose name I can't pronounce. Luca? 
Nope. Montrez Harrell. Oh, I did it. Good job. I got it. Nice. It's a win. No, I can say Luca because, look, okay. as president of the bitch-ass white boys, we have now instituted a new member. And that, of course, is Luka Doncic, who goes off for 44 yesterday. He hits the game-winning shot. Uh, his team's not supposed to be in the series. Kristaps Porzingis is hurt. And this dude's just playing basketball, uh, unlike few people we've ever really seen before. I mean, it was a tremendous performance, but that's not why we're here. That's what you got with Greenberg, right? Greenberg, <laughs> oh my God, is he a top five player ever, or is he not a top five player ever? I haven't decided yet, even though it's two o'clock and I've got a radio show on national radio. Anyway, <laughs> what's interesting is that Montrezl Harrell, <clears throat> easy for me to say, called Luka Doncic, a bitch-ass white boy. And what has this had happen? What did this make happen, I should say? It's made everyone do the whole double standard thing, right? That's where we are. Outkick, you know, the site with Clay Travis said, Harold should be suspended. Madden, our friend, Double M, he said that he should be suspended. John Steigerwald, <laughs> said that he should be suspended. If a white guy said that to a black guy... Now, Madden didn't bring up the false equivalency, right? He didn't. But the other two did. If a white guy said that to a black guy... By the way, picture how funny it would be if Luka Doncic called Harold a bitch-ass white guy, right? I mean, it's a little bit different because he's not a, a white guy, right? But that's not what happened, folks. A white guy didn't call the black man boy. That's not what happened. We're not this stupid. There's been hundreds of years of racism to pick from here, right? White people called black people the N-word until they weren't allowed anymore. Then they called them another N-word until they couldn't anymore. And then they called them colored until they couldn't anymore. All the while, boy was in there, right? All the while, whole time, boy. It's one of the reasons Kevin Colbert came under fire when he called his team kids, even though he didn't mean it like that at all, and we all know that, and Kevin Colbert's a tremendous man. You can't call a black man boy, because it's forever been used to make black men feel like less of a man. FYI, I can call Tom Wilson a punk-ass bitch, and that's cool. I can't call a woman a B-word on the radio, or else it's a lot less cool, right? Some words you can say. Some words you can't. It's like the departed. There are guys you can hit. There are guys you can't hit. Some words are okay in one context and not okay in another context. For some, it's wild because they'll say racism isn't that bad. Like Steigerwald, right? I mean, that's just his thing. I don't see racism. It's not that bad. Then, God forbid, a white guy gets called a name, right? Steigerwald's like, nah, I don't see racism very often in my house where I live alone and I'm a white guy. A white guy then gets called a white guy, because that's what the white guy was called, a white guy, and whoa, Steigerwald flips his lead. Was Luca offended? Did he cry? Or was it trash talk? He probably looked at it as trash talk. The dude's hugged before the game yesterday. You call a black man boy and see if it goes the same way. It won't, and it shouldn't, because it's got a different historical context. Let's not be so simple. My God, and that's what we are. We're simple. Think a little bit. Use some nuance. Use your brain. There's many things you can get your panties in a bunch about in today's day and age. And 
you know, a white guy in a basketball court getting called <laughs> a punk-ass white guy, a bitch-ass white boy, it ain't that big of a deal. And I can say this because I am the president of the bitch-ass white boys. As Rex uh, Chapman put it so eloquently, if you've never been called that, then you've never played any kind of meaningful level of basketball. You've never played any competition. Basically, if you're going to play any basketball, you're going to hear that a lot. It, I you know, mean, to me, Brian, there's a difference between that, too, and the word that Tom Brenneman used, if that's being thrown around as trash talk. If the N-word's being thrown around as trash talk from a white guy to a black guy, that ain't right. That's totally different. I love when white people are like, oh, honky, <laughs> call me a honky. Can you believe that? Um, I don't know what it means, and it bothers me very little. If at all. In fact, if someone called me a honky, I think that I would laugh, right? <laughs> oh, white bread guy over here. Yeah, okay. I mean, I like some mayonnaise on a on a white bread sandwich. What are you going to do about it? I mean, uh, I like what I like. I'm not going to be offended by something that was, you know, created as sort of a response word to the worst word that can be used in the English language, you know? Like... <laughs> for for 500 years longer that's a word that that white people have used it's it's got some historical context behind it right you call someone the three letter f word there's some historical context behind that these are no-nos like i feel like we can i feel like we can have a nuanced conversation there are things you can say and there are things you can't say a basketball player who's called a white ass bitch and I keep screwing it up, but regardless, it's the same thing. It's the spirit that counts. Yeah, bitch-ass white boy, right? That's the phrase. If you get called that, that's heard on every basketball court around the country so long as the guy making the shots is a white guy. Like, it's just, it happens. So yeah. what? It's not the same thing. It's ask, ask Larry Bird if he's ever been called that. Larry Bird was the best trash talker of all no time. Doubt, no doubt. He knew the game. He t I mean, my You want to know why? I mean, because he, you know what he's getting every day? But that's basketball. You know, no one's no one is is actually tearing Larry Bird or Luka Doncic down to the point that the N-word is ever done, right? Like, come on. If you're going to use the false equivalency you got to understand historical context, and, and far too many people don't. Like, I, I've never met a single African-American person that is not offended by that word. But if you call me a punk-ass bitch, white boy, okay, I can't really argue that. I went to Mount Lebanon High School. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I wasn't getting picked up by my buddy in his Audi, I was getting picked up by my buddy in his mom's Volvo. Like, I mean, I kind of am a punk-ass bitch, white boy. Like, come on. What are we taking offense to these days? And, you know, that dovetails nicely into the Mike Milbury conversation. And I feel like there's been a striking lack of nuance there. Duh. I mean, I'm not surprised by this. If you choose to see the nuance, here's, here's where you can. To me, I've got a definition of cancel culture and what I think isn't 
cancel culture. I didn't look this up. This is this is me. This is me putting my own definition of something. To me, cancel culture is when we assign our own meaning to something somebody says, and then we try to get them canceled because of it, right? And I do actually feel like that happened to Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury offended a lot of women, but you know, I don't think Mike Milbury's intention there was to say anything other than a flippant remark that really actually, in my mind, speaks to the mental fragility of men more than it does to anything having to do with women, honestly. So do I think that Mike Milbury got canceled? Yeah, I actually do. But a lot of women in this field and otherwise feel like they are marginalized and they're sensitive to this. Here's why I'm not upset about Milbury losing his job for now, though. The guy's a dick. Tarnstrom. LaBeouf. He's been accused of assaulting a 12-year-old at a hockey game. He's hit a fan with a shoe. He referred to Crosby as a punk, which is beyond annoying for one of the voices of the league because he pushes goonerism over skill. He said that if you're going to slash someone, you should want to hurt them. There was a player laying on the ice who had to get carted off the ice the other day. And Milbury was saying, oh, lay down longer. They'll give you an extra two minutes. He's just not a sensitive guy, right? And, you know, there's a guy who's, I mean, we don't know if he's paralyzed. We don't know how big his neck. Like, what's wrong with this player? Milbury, oh, lay down a little bit longer. You get an extra two minutes. That's not a guy that I want to be the voice of my league. You know, Tuka Rask leaves because of a family issue. It's now been confirmed. He leaves the bubble, not coming back, leaves his Boston teammates goodbye, and he was criticized for it by who? By Mike Milbury. This guy should not be the lead analyst on a broadcast on NBC. He's not a good broadcaster. He's not charismatic. He doesn't add anything that I haven't heard before, honestly. He never taught me one single thing about hockey. So I'm not upset that he was canceled because this guy's a trash bag of a human being. And the league's got to see through this kind of crap. But just to reiterate, yeah, he was canceled. But he's a bad dude, so I don't care. You rape what you sow, and over years of being a jerk... You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt the last time. Sorry. Goodbye. You know who got the benefit of the doubt? Steve Blass. Steve Blass was a good broadcaster, a nice man, and he got ripped for saying what he did about uh, Acuna Jr.'s necklace, but he didn't get fired because of it. Imagine that. Now, here's some more nuance. Oh, my God, the levels. I feel like Avicii. Tom Brenneman wasn't canceled. Because let me repeat my definition of cancel culture. When we assign our own meaning to something, somebody says, and then try to cancel them because of it. Tom Brenneman didn't leave any room for interpretation when he used the three-letter F word. So you know what? He got what he deserved. I saw this weekend some people say Milbury and Brenneman were canceled. That's not true. Milbury got canceled but didn't get the benefit of the doubt because he's lived a life of being a jerk. Brenneman wasn't canceled. Brenneman lost his job. Brenneman, this is an example of accountability. You F up, you use a word you shouldn't, and you use it with that tone, that intonation. You get what you deserve. You reap what you sow. So people, there's a lot more nuance here than the general course of discussion is showing us in recent days. And there's the crown man's two cents. You know what, man? We're going to see him next year. 
We will. We'll see him. Millberry? Yeah, we'll see him. Yeah. Yeah. We will. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, because... I'm telling you, yes, right now, like, I'm going to call it right here on this day. What the hell's the date here? It's uh, August 24th at uh, 4.55. You will hear him on an NHL broadcast again. He didn't get the benefit of the doubt now, but the second it all yep. settles down mm-hmm. to avoid the then headache of Milbury probably suing them because we just saw it with Jeremy Roenick, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They, don't, they think he's good. They think mm-hmm. he's American Don Cherry. The difference is this. Don Cherry, while he was an ass, was at least a charismatic ass who brought color to the television with his get-ups, and he was an interesting watch no matter what. Bigoted, right? Big-mouth jerkwad. But he was an entertaining big-mouth jerkwad. I don't see that with Milbury, but they do. Maybe I, I don't, I'm not going to say you're wrong, bro. I'm really not. I just figured I'd We've say got, it confidently, so uh, if it happened, then I could come back to this tape and be like, I told you. August 24th at 4.55. <laughs> yes. Brian Martinez says, Mike Milbury will rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Yes, he will. He'll be back. He will. Let's flip back to the Steelers. They have a great defense. Mark Caboli wrote about it. He'll join us at 5.20. How does the Steelers' defense get better? I've given you reasons for that. I know damn sure what would make them worse. That's next. It's the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Staples helps your business with everything from office essentials to health essentials, all at amazing prices. Staples has a wide selection of chairs for your home or office, and this week's select chairs are up to percent off. It's Staples Chair Event in-store only. Offer NC29 while supplies last. Staples. Dude. You know, imagine my surprise, Brian, when I was elected as the president of the bitch-ass white boys. Uh, I heard that about seventy nine percent of the votes were actually mail in ballots. So, oh man, I didn't I'm think. Thrilled. How'd they get those? I don't know. Sleet, snow, hail, <laughs> uh, wind. I just I, I mean, appreciate you nomin- nominating me as your vice president because together I think we're pretty good bitch ass white boys. I really do. Yeah, uh, I I wanted to nominate somebody who I thought had experience as a bitch-ass white boy. Yep, yep. Uh, shirtless Tom is obviously white. Uh, we've seen him day in, day out without his shirt, but you had the experience. I mean, it really was right. no, no I mean, Tom's, Tom's You're my still, Biden, man. Yeah, Tom's still a rookie at being a bitch-ass white boy, but uh, <laughs> I've got years behind me. So, But he'll eventually get there. I mean, don't sell him short. That guy's... Oh. Oh, one day oh, in man. about 15 years, he will be the president. He might be the, the bitchiest, white whitest boy ever. I mean, who knows? This is where Steelers Nation plants its flag. Your home of the Steelers. We're excited about getting the job done, obviously. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM, 1047 HD2, the iHeartRadio app. And now on the new and improved signal in Allegheny County, 1063 FM. It's your podcasts. This is ESPN Pittsburgh, broadcasting live from the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. WBG. 